This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What up, family? It's good to be on again this Saturday night. You know, I'm going to tell you this. It is good to be back in town. I've been touring the nation, doing the uh, high school tours, and the fact that school year is over and I'm just post-up in beautiful Orange County, California with my wife, my (laughs) hot wife, and the triplets, (laughs) daughters that are two years old. Oh, my goodness. It is amazing. I'm so stoked to do that right now. But tonight... We have an amazing show. Um, I'm not giving you any details. All I'm saying is it's about the hope in Jesus and the hope from heaven. Because tonight, this story, I have some guests that are in town. And, um, you know, the story is just going to be a story of uh, redemption. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what God can do uh, when you go through storms. Because, see, we all go through storms in life. You know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes Instagram, it's so funny because you can look at Instagram and you look at it and you think everyone's life's all good. Mm -hmm. But the reality, it's not all good all the time. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. And uh, we don't understand, honestly, a lot of the times that we go through these these situations. And there's questions like, is there a God? Mm -hmm. Why would God do this to me? How can God put me through this? Or why do good people go through bad things? There's just so many questions um, that run through your mind when you go through these times. And tonight, it's it's what? Memorial Day weekend. I mean, people, your guys are driving who knows where. I mean, this this, this station, this uh, show's across the United States, and you it's a big weekend. So a lot of people are driving right now. But tonight, if you have time, definitely tune in and just or stay tuned in and hear this story because I believe this story is for everybody. It will encourage you no matter where you're at in life. And it could prepare you. For a few, it could easily prepare you for a future situation that you're going to go through because sooner or later, times get tough. But you know what? God is good, and he's with us all the time. He's, he's there when there's no storms, and he's there when there are storms. And that's the beauty of Jesus Christ. So welcome to the show, Michael and Amanda. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having us. We're, We're super so excited. We're so stoked to be here. Hey. I'm excited. And you know what's so interesting is how I even connected with you guys. Mm-hmm. I met your brother at a Calvary Chapel. Uh, it was a Calvary Chapel. Pastor's conference. No, it was a con- it was a Cal- it was a Calvary Chapel conference yeah. on the Holy Spirit at Calvary Chapel Downey. That's right. Mm. And I was sitting. Your brother does worship for yeah. a band. What's what's the band called? Um, Wildwood Worship. Wildwood Music. Wildwood Music. And that's I'm a church, sorry. right? Yes. Too? Yeah. Yeah. And where's that church? It's in Ukaipa. It's okay. like a little small town in California, yeah. like an hour Calvary away. Chapel. Yeah. Okay. So there. Yeah. So he was there. He, we were like in the green room eating at lunch and. We just started talking, and because because I have multiples and mm-hmm. babies and stuff like that, he started telling me about you guys, and he's like, "Dude, you guys got to have my, you got to have him on the radio show." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, I trust you." <laughs> he's like, "Whatever, <laughs> let's do it," <laughs> you know. And uh, so it's awesome. So that's how we got this whole thing connected. Yeah. And uh, you guys also do worship as well, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So what do you guys call? We don't have a name yet. <laughs> I know, right? We we don't. We just, just Michael and Amanda yeah, Landingham. Yeah, just Michael and okay. Amanda Landingham. We're just yeah. a little worship duo, but yeah. he primarily leads worship. I'm like a scaredy cat, so <laughs> I get a little bit nervous to do worship all the time, but we do do it. Do you guys have an album, or are you guys just cruising? You just getting it going right now? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm recording an album right now. Yeah, she's going to be solo. on it singing. Yeah, but it, it's primarily so him. It should be releasing in the fall. Yeah, yes. we're so stoked. So you guys tour around and, and play all over. The yeah, place. yeah. So okay, play all over. Yeah. Just all over California. like California. 
Yeah, but so far, so far, yeah, so far. All right, that, that's a good start Still because California is big. It is. It yes. is very true. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's get in the show. I mean, let's awesome. get into the story because this thing's gonna be amazing. Um, first of all, how, how'd you guys even meet? Because you, I know you guys are young. You're 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 pretty like what? Are you, 20, 22. 22? Yeah. And how old are you? Twenty five. So, 25. So how do you get married? You know, you guys are married. So how that? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, again, it always starts with my brother Andrew. I swear. He so, hooked you guys up. Yes. Oh yeah. Best friends, right? Yeah, best right. Friends. He's the best. So <laughs> basically, he, they were best friends. They met through leading worship at our church. Yeah. And um, I always like thought he was so cute, but <laughs> I was like 12 and he was 15, so it was like kind of weird, I guess, to him. For him, yeah. For him. For me, I was like, <laughs> no, like it's not a big deal. But um, yeah. So I always had a huge crush on him, and he just like he was like, "Oh, you're my little sister," which is like your favorite thing to hear when you have a crush on someone, right? <laughs> like being compared to a sibling, not yeah, fun. One hundred percent. Yeah. So that was the case. Um, he was at our house all the time, and like I just I kept having more and more crushes on him, and like getting deeper into it. But he never just he just avoided it. But then he moved away for a bit, moved to San Clemente. And um, I hadn't seen him for like two years, and then I came back, and he was like such a stud muffin. Like, how, how old were you then? He was eighteen, so I was fifteen. Yeah, right, fourteen yeah. or fifteen. Uh, you were um, fifteen. And I like became less of a little girl and like more <laughs> of a woman. Right. So he was yeah, like, I was like, wow, you grew up. Yeah, he was like, wow, <laughs> wow. you got cute. And um, yeah, so basically, I we just kind of started like gently flirting over like spider-man and stuff ironically it was so weird because we're both nerds Mm -hmm. um so yeah we just started like flirting and then randomly not kidding and not exaggerating after like a couple months of just like jokingly flirting he was like hey amanda so um like God told me you're going to be my wife. No so, way. Like, Are you serious? How old was she? I swear to you. I was How, 15. No, you're 16, 16 at this time. So he so was like, I was yeah, it was, I knew. it was wild. So he just was like, yeah. So she's just, like, the plan is working. Yes. Yes. No, literally, I did so much. I got so suckered much, in, bro. Like, I, hey, I did so in much reverse psychology on him. Um, to try to like make him love me, I swear. So but, God spoke really quick. God spoke to you and just said she's the one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and the way he knew. told me was hilarious. And like I've known her f- for so long, yeah. and like she said, when I came back, I matured more. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I've always been in that mindset of wanting just to be married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and it's funny because her brother was encouraging it the whole time. Yeah. You like know? normally your best friend would be like, like no, stay away from my sister. sister. You were best friends yeah, we're best yeah. friends, so we're making music together. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So normally like brothers would be like, no, yeah. do well, you want weird. you want I mean, you want to know the dude that's gonna marry your sister. Exactly. exactly. So you know what, there's exactly. so many creeps and dirt bags. Yeah. So oh, you know. yeah. So he was like, go for it. I yeah. was a sketchy guy before, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was a sketchy guy too, if it makes yeah. you feel better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh, so God so, yeah. showed, and this is that's also it's such a cool thing too, because God's always in the details, you know, yeah. like he's gonna bring that person for you and his timing and he'll, he's gonna let you know he has your number. Exactly. So you don't have to go out and date the world or or exactly. you know, date everyone or Absolutely. trying to find the right one. God yeah. will bring her in his timing. Exactly. And so, when we stopped looking. It just happened. So when so when was the point when you decided to you know propose to her? Because I mean she's sixteen, you're eighteen. You had to wait, obviously. Yeah, I had to wait. Not legal until it was legal. He still asked my dad though, and we still got engaged when I was seventeen. I was yes. close to eighteen. Yes, but I proposed in October. October fifth of yeah of two thousand thirteen, and it was literally 
how many months is that? Three months like three of an months engagement. Yeah. And then it was like five days after she turned 18, we got married. Yeah. Shut it down. We, yeah. we it was in deals. She got we on the market hustled. and then went right off the market. Yeah. <laughs> it was fast. It yep. was great, though. And like not a second goes by where yeah, we so. regret getting married that young or anything. I'm with you guys yes. 100%. That is epic. When God shows you, I tell people, if God already showed you, yeah. what are you, like, what are you yeah, waiting what are you for? Waiting no, for? you just obey. Because yeah. they just, I don't know. I'm like, well, what are you, wait, you, know, what are you waiting for? I'm yeah. sure exactly. God wouldn't have showed you if... It wasn't Absolutely. Time, exactly. You know? It's not for everybody, but yeah, yeah I'm not saying yeah. go get married, everyone. <laughs> don't do it unless you know for exactly. sure yeah. that it's from exactly. God, because yeah. it will be a hell. Yes, and it will end. Yes. it could end. Hundred good chances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Chance. So that that's like how yeah, we so. met and got married. So crazy. Okay, so you're 18. You get married, and mm-hmm. then um, what, like so, what was going on? Because you, were, I know that you were kind of started going through some like health. Yeah, so in March, only a couple of months after we had gotten married, we had, like, a couple months of, like, our honeymoon phase of, like, going out on dates and adventures and traveling and having fun, and then I just started getting super sick, Um, and, like, I would go to the doctors literally almost daily. I just was having, like, um, like, weird stomach issues and, like, really bad chronic pain that came out of nowhere, and it started, like, really debilitating me. I couldn't walk anymore. I started getting really bad muscle atrophy um, that was, like, permanent. So yeah. I still won't be able to get back a lot of muscle that I had once upon a time. Wow. Um, so I'll always be, like, pretty weak unless, like, God decides to, like, change that, which would be wonderful. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I just was having, like, a lot of pain and stuff and, like, just weird stomach issues. And um, I just, yeah, it was just weird. And we didn't know what was going on. Um, they thought that it could have been like Crohn's disease. That was like the number one thing. It was Crohn's disease because I had all the symptoms of Crohn's. Um, and I was going to the doctors weekly and nothing was happening. Everything was coming back normal. Um, and like I wasn't having really any strange um, like what's it called? They just weren't finding anything weird. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just super crazy. So and they then couldn't pin, they, you have the pain, but they can't pin. Yeah, exactly. What, what, we were going to doctor after doctor, like, specialist after specialist. every other day I was at the doctor. It was a different diagnosis almost every time. Yeah. Or, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so they randomly decided to send me to a general surgeon without knowing what was wrong. Um, so it was super random, but I was so young and naive, I didn't. I didn't know to like think like, oh, that's a general surgeon doing a colorectal surgery. Like maybe that's not good. Right. And like maybe I should be seeing a gastroenterologist. I didn't know any of that because I was so young. Yes. So I just went to the surgeon, didn't ask any questions, got my first surgery. That was brutal. Um, and then I still was having issues, got a second surgery a couple of months later. And then I woke up from that one and knew something was wrong instantly. Um, like I was the exact same surgery, so it should have been the same kind of pain. Right. Um, but I just was like, something is really wrong. I don't know what's going on, but like, this is horrible. And I couldn't tell what it was. Um, so it took two years to find out that I had nerve damage so I, again, was going from through the, all, from, from the, the surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah. So it oh caused But before getting damage. to that point, um, even in that, it was like that was like our first big trial in our yeah. marriage. Right. Because both of us were super young. We haven't experienced any kind of hardship. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you say those vows for better or for worse, and it was like, boom. Yeah, you're already at the worst part. Aren't yeah. You? And they, so like after that second surgery, it felt like it was just way worse. Mm-hmm. And there was times like where she would just be weeping in pain, like screaming, just screaming. And I had, had, I mean, I had to call the ambulance and I mean, too many times, too many times for that. And there's like these moments of, I did not know Cro- what to just do. Just chronic pain. Just chronic 24 yeah. seven pain. And there's sometimes it would get worse. And I remember just holding her and 
all I knew it to do in that moment was just worship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no answer. I mean, I just would sit there and I held her and I would just, we would just worship and sing together until the pain would subside a little bit. Oh and the presence of God would just come into the room and, and just kind of be there and the pain would leave for a little bit. And mm-hmm. that was just like, kind of God was preparing us even right there. Like yeah. worship me <laughs> when you're Heavy. starting to feel this pain. So Heavy. Yeah. How, man. Okay. So, so, okay. What's going on at this point? You're, it's not getting better. You're at your second mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah. So after that, um, it still was the same old issue, same chronically, but now I had this new thing that was worse and more painful that I didn't know what it was. And you're still going to the doctor, especially every day, special. like literally every other day. I'm not exaggerating. Every other day I was pain pills aren't working. No. Not even like slightly. So it was just like nothing was helping. They tried me on like a plethora of different things. Um, And finally, I ended up hearing from a couple of friends that had like Crohn's disease and colitis because that's what they thought that I had possibly. Um, They were like, oh, we went to this hospital in L.A. called Cedar sinai and they um, they're like specialists and all of that in, in gastroenterology and all of that junk. So like that's where we get treated. You should totally go there. They can like change your life. So um, we waited a couple of months and before I ended up going there, I ended up finding out that I was pregnant which was like crazy. It was so exciting because I've always wanted to be a mom. Like my mom, my mom can tell you when I was little, I would like carry baby dolls all around and I would push them in strollers. And like all I ever wanted was to be a mom. It was like, I always felt like it was like my destiny. So, so yeah, but you're, okay, so you're pregnant. So you're having yeah. this like amazing moment, mm-hmm. but yeah. yet you're just like, I got was chronic so pain. Sick. I was yeah. so And sick. it's all it has to do with your stomach. Yeah. yeah. And so pregnancy is in the stomach to... too. So I mean, exactly. you're just, what's going on in your head at this point? You're like, so it was just like, I, I was just like, it was such a conflicting thing because I was ecstatic beyond belief, but then I had such a fear that something would go wrong because of it. And then I was like, if something does go wrong, it's on me because it's my body and I'm carrying them. Cause that's what, that's what you think, even though it's not the truth, it's what you think. So, um, I just was getting sicker and sicker. So at the end of my pregnancy, I was 96 pounds and I'm five, five. So I was very, very ill. Um, that's like that's pretty low for weight at um, like being pregnant. But um, why? But while you're going through this pregnancy, um, you, you were on bed rest. Yes, as well. the whole time mm-hmm. I couldn't. So walk. bed rest basically. Tell, tell us about what bed rest looks like. So people, because they people think that bed rest is sitting on the couch, just like pizza, chilling, watching TV. Yeah, yeah no, no I would. That, that. would have been <laughs> wonderful. What does bed rest look so like? So for me, it was like I literally I couldn't even go to the restroom, which our bedroom. I would sleep on the couch most of the time in the living room, which is like maybe four feet away from the bathroom. Laying flat, right? Yes. So it was really close to the bathroom and stuff, and I couldn't even do that myself. I would have to help her Um, I couldn't bathe myself at all because I was so weak. My mom and him would have to carry me and, like, bathe me because I couldn't even, like, lift my arms on my own. Um, Dang. It was gnarly. My my mom and him were, like, champions. They literally did everything for me because I couldn't do anything. My mom would have to, like, shave my legs for me and stuff, too. So um, I was literally just flat on the couch consistently in agony, praying my butt off. I just – I would read books. I would read the Bible. I just would try to do anything to, like, concentrate on anything else. And um, I just tried to stay hopeful Mm -hmm. and – Honestly, my sons were the only things that really kept me hopeful. Like my mm. pregnancy was the thing that I was like, I can get through this. Like mm. 
I have two beautiful boys on the way. And like, even if, um, sorry, even if I'm not okay, at least like I'll have them. And like, if I can't chase them around the house, who gives a crud because they're still going to be here. Um, and like I said, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. I want to ask you about as when you were going to the doctors, um, when you, when they were watching the pregnancy, when they tell us about that experience when the, um, as the how they discovered them and then the yeah, process yeah. through that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, sorry, I keep skipping. No, no, it's um, fine. We're so good. we got plenty of time. Okay, go ahead. So, we, when we first found out we were pregnant, it was actually um, oh, just you. showing a singleton, and which means one baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one baby. If anyone doesn't know, one baby. There's one baby. So you know, and we were just super excited. And then what was it, like um, 10 weeks later, we go in for another ultrasound. Yeah, because they thought I was actually having a miscarriage. So yeah. they had me wait a couple of weeks um, before getting another ultrasound because they wanted it to properly pass. Yeah. If it was a miscarriage, and then they would know for sure by the second ultrasound. Exactly. And then, um, so they do another ultrasound, and then uh, WGYN says, okay, there's one heartbeat. And then now there's another heartbeat. <laughs> and I literally thought the baby had two hearts. Like, yeah. I was so, so you're confused. like, oh my gosh, the baby our has baby has two hearts. <laughs> yeah, I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're like, no, there's two babies. And then it hit us like, oh my gosh. So it now was, it was uh, it was they're scary. I- they they were identical. Twins. Identical. Yes. Yeah, identical. one egg split. Yeah, so yep. we didn't know that at that point yet because it was still like only ten weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty early on, so they didn't know if they were identical or fraternal yet. Um, they just but, knew there was two heartbeats. Yeah, there was two, two heartbeats. Heart, and yeah. they were healthy. So we're, and we were happy. Was, we're like, hey. Yeah. It was crazy, too. Two they for the price that, of one. Yeah. They said that this happens like one in a million chance. But on that ultrasound, their hearts were beating at the exact same time, like perfectly in sync. No way. So yeah, beautiful. I have videos of it and everything. It was yeah. so cra- They were like, that happens like one in a million. Like, that's so rare for that to happen. Yeah, it's amazing. It was so yeah. cool. So, yeah, so now we got that. And um, now did you want to go to Yeah, the yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you're at your... They find out the twins, yeah. and then you're getting down to the to the the place where uh, yeah. six months, I think. Yeah. Yes. So before that, um, they always said like the the boy. It was identical boys. That's what I was pregnant with. Um, they always said that they were like perfectly healthy. Everything was good. Everything was moving along well, and there was no issues or anything. So I was under the impression that everything was like fine and dandy. Um, but also, I was getting like really brutal bruises on my stomach and I was like where is that coming from because I wasn't falling or anything but um my belly was stretching obviously for pregnancy so I just assumed it was because of that um but yeah I was getting like gnarly bruises all over my belly and my stomach would get really like weird and um I just was like that's weird like is that normal it's my first pregnancy so I didn't have anything to compare it to right um and my sister was also pregnant with identical twins at the same time and I was like hey like is this normal did you get this and she was like no I didn't experience any of that so I was always kind of like cautious and worried that something was up because of that but I just tried to put it on. Oh, my stomach's just stretching. Well, what were they saying when you were going to the doctors telling them about this stuff? Nothing. Not about Nothing. the bruises or anything? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's normal. You're yeah, fine. Everything's moving along fine. That. It was great. So we had no inclination. Not even the slightest That the pregnancy was, you know. Um, so now fast forwarding to September when we were telling you about going to that Cedars-Sinai to see the specialist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this, so how many at, months are you at this at point? At this point, we're about six months. Okay. Yeah. About 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. So we go in to see the specialist um, for Amanda to, you know, just really get down and diagnose what's going on. And uh, they do some testing. And um, one of the doctors comes in and says, 
basically you have twin to twin transfusion. And I don't know, babe, if you want to kind of break that, that, break that break down. down. Okay, so I had never heard of it. Um, I had heard stories like of this happening, but I didn't know the actual terminology or anything. So basically, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome is something that happens if you're pregnant with identical twins. It can happen. It's actually pretty common, unfortunately. Um, but when you're pregnant with identicals, they share the same placenta, and with that. Um, your placenta is where all the nutrients come from. So when you have them sharing the same one, sometimes one of the babies gets all of the nutrients and the other one gets like hardly anything. And typically one of them can pass away or the other one absorbs the so other twin. For like be- a better visual, it's basically like a hose is coming down with food. Yes. And one's taking the whole hose and not yes. giving hundred percent the yes. other yeah. the other one the hose so, to eat. So the one that's getting all the nutrients is really big. Sometimes they get too big Mm -hmm. because they're getting over, like, nutrients. They're getting too many nutrients. And then, (laughs) I don't know how to word that. And then the other one is very tiny because they're not getting the nutrients. So, um, yeah, it's just, like, super weird. So that was happening to... Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually what the bruises was from on my belly was because of the syndrome. But how are the bruises happening? Because the the one kid... I have no idea. It's I guess just it's just a side part effect of it. Of it. It's, Dude, that's it's crazy. Just crazy. It's just like a yeah. weird symptom yeah, of it, I guess. The thing okay. is, we went in there not even for the pregnancy. Yeah, this was all was for, for her myself. health stuff. So then this gets thrown at us. And we're like, True. whoa. So we start freaking out. Yeah. And then right away they said, okay, we need to set you up with the surgeon. He's the best in the nation. Mm-hmm. And basically they go in there and... and um, they laser the yeah. placenta in half so that the nutrients are split exactly. between the babies. Equally. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy they didn't catch it way before. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So a little secret here. Yes. The hospital I was getting treated at mm-hmm. knew that I did have it. Mm-hmm. They were 100% aware, but didn't treat me for it. And I was extremely high risk pregnancy. I should have been getting all sorts of treatment. A specialist. Mm-hmm. And right. I put myself on bed rest because of how sick I was. That was not doctors. That orders. wasn't doctors. Not at all. That was just oh, me. Oh my goodness. So um, they 100% knew about it. The hospital I was at that was treating me called them to like inquire about it and see if they knew and why they weren't treating it. And they had no response. They just were like, "Yeah, we knew, but we didn't think it was that like that big of a deal." So they literally knew about it, and if they would have done their jobs, my sons would most likely be here today. It's just wild to think about. Yeah. It's gnarly. Sorry, it's so much information. No, no, it's it's. So now here they are. They're sending. They want to. They want to do the surgery. Yeah. To to split it so the yeah. kids can get enough food. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So, um, I apologize if I cry in advance, but. What ended up happening was um, I I had an MRI that morning, and it was safe. Like, they, they covered the babies and everything, and everything was okay. Um, and during the MRI, actually the morning I woke up, I was having really bad cramping, but I didn't understand. Like, I didn't – again, it was my first pregnancy. I didn't know what labor would feel like or not. Mm. Um, and so I was having really bad cramping, and I in my heart I felt like I knew it was labor, but I was like – too terrified to actually admit it um so I got the MRI and I started having a really severe panic attack and they had to take me out um like there's like an emergency button where they'll pull you out of the MRI Mm -hmm. and I couldn't finish it because I was like panicking so bad because of it um so this was like three in the morning and um it was October 2nd of 2015 and so 
um, I just felt really weird. I was in a lot of pain and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm having labor and like contractions. I don't know for sure, but I think it might be. I was like talking with my brother and sister and my mom the whole time because I was like, I think something is going on. Right. Um, so they ended up hooking me up to the monitor. Um, I don't know what they're called, but like something to monitor the babies and their heartbeats and contractions. And right. I was yeah. having contractions. Then it ended up being like every four minutes apart, I was having contractions. So it was like I was in active labor. Um, and they had given me like all of the medications to try to stop it and nothing was happening. Um, Cause and you're at six months right now mm-hmm. with these yeah. kids and yeah. it's a little er- obviously very, very early. Yeah. So weeks. yeah, 24 weeks pregnant, um, actually 23 in like five days. I was like under the mark. Um, cause like 24 weeks is when you're allowed. That's like when you're still considered not a baby, if that makes sense. Oh, so to after the, to 20, the, to the, Liberals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> twenty four weeks is like the They're legal. All the heart's beating, but it's not a baby. Exactly, yeah. and it's not alive. Literally, they called yeah. them fetuses the whole time, even after they were born. And like we would after they're born, mm-hmm. and not we either. like yelled at that. He yelled at them yeah. and was like, "Call them by their names." And then they started calling them by their names. Fetuses, they're babies. <laughs> like, what is wrong? So yeah, it was still really early. Um, and while I was hooked up to this thing, I was like, um, I was like, I felt something happened and I was like I think something is wrong like I feel like I just peed myself what happened Mm -hmm. um and so they checked me and they saw that I was dilated to a three Mm -hmm. um and so they were like crud you're really in labor we got to try to stop this Mm -hmm. they gave me more medication um that just make you feel crazy these medications are like wild and within five minutes I went from three centimeters to ten so I was supposed to get a c-section um but because it was so intense and so fast I had to just give birth naturally um now something was going on though because when we talked earlier you were saying that you know the doctors told you something about what was going on with the kids before the kids started coming out yeah oh yeah so let's talk about that go ahead just about how the boys um like wouldn't be born yeah yeah so basically now that she's dilated to 10 there's no stopping they're they're coming they're on their way Mm -hmm. and a doctor comes up to me and says you know, they're not going to be born breathing, and we think it would be better if we just terminate the pregnancy, basically abort your children. And we were w- just, Was there no heartbeat at this time? or No, there was heartbeat. So there was heartbeat, both breathing, but, they're saying, but why weren't but they're they saying, oh, well, they're not going to be born breathing. Like, so it's, it's better it's to just impossible. kill them now. But why? No reason. No clue. They just, because they it's just easier it's, for them. Yeah, it's less yeah. work for them. It could be a money them. thing. Yeah. And so they're saying abort the kids now. Yeah. They're saying heartbeat. terminate it, and we're like, no, we're their parents. We love them. And we want to, we're going to hold on, you know, we believe in a big God. So, so sure enough, you know, we just said that and here they come and they both were born breathing. <laughs> Luca and Caden at, um, what, a pound? One pound. One pound and then. Like three ounces and the other one was 11 ounces. Yeah. So with that, this is like a total miracle. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this one is just like crazy to me so most babies when they're born even if they're healthy as can be and are like 12 pounds Mm -hmm. usually they can't breathe on their own typically um when they're fresh out of the womb Mm -hmm. and they have to have some kind of care and like they you yeah Yeah. well something to just help them breathe they like use this little machine to suck stuff out yeah Yeah. so most most babies even when they're super healthy can't always breathe when they're first first born um, they breathed on their own 100% with severely premature lungs for seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. Seven minutes of them just being on their own, just lying on a cold table by themselves with no care, no treatment. Nope. Why are they doing this? And that's the thing is like, so the first thing 
that was the miracle in itself. You know, they're telling us, well, they're not going to be born breathing. And then, boom, they're born breathing. They said they had a 3% chance of yeah. coming out alive. And then they come to us and say, well, do you want to do comfort care? Which that's just like a good way of saying letting them pass skin to skin mm-hmm. and not giving them any nutrient or putting them in a NICU, nothing, mm-hmm. just letting them and when they need a lot of medical attention, you know? So they said that. I said, well, what's that? And then they explained mm-hmm. it. I said, absolutely not. Like, get them into the NICU right mm-hmm. away. Um, so it was hustled. just a madhouse. I mean, we're both weeping. Our family's in there. It was like there it was, was like a war zone. Like, there was this like this is crazy, dude. I'm oh, so pissed yeah. right now. Thank you. It was <laughs> it was like a war zone. There in was there. literally like 20 people all in my room. Dude, these doctors are a bunch of morons. Yeah. Thank you. This whole yeah. clinic. Thank you. Yeah. So right away, and so they were doing nothing at first for like seven minutes, seven as she was minutes saying. Of them being and then around. when I said no, get them in the NICU. I'm starting. You know, I'm getting crazy we were, now. My Absolutely. mom was screaming at them. Yeah. I was screaming at them. Our, I kept saying like, save them over me. Believe, yeah, Mama Bear and Papa Bear came out, and we yeah. just at that moment we were parents. Like we became mm-hmm. parents right there, and we had so much. I mean, I had so much love mm-hmm. overwhelming me, just seeing them come out. I was just like, these are my boys, you know. And at that that. You know, you know, as a parent, their instinct is just to protect and love and give everything of yourself. So at that moment, that's what we did. And, you know, it was so hard because my I have my wife that's like practically dying from this disease that she was having um, and different things going on. And then I'm with my boys that are fighting for their lives, you know, and it was it was amazing. So Luca, he was a smaller one and I got to cut his cord and it was just like this most amazing moment for me. You know, just to have that and bond with that. And, and right after that, they sent them up to the NICU. So it's like they had them stable. And it was insane because now they're telling us, okay, well, they're just going to have minutes. You know, we don't know how much longer we have with them. Um, they and, won't make it through the night for sure. Yeah, they're said. not going to make it through the night for sure. So we're just like, we don't care. Like, give them the best care that you possibly can. Yeah, even if we have two seconds with them, it's worth it. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to, um, man, this is a heavy Heavy, heavy stuff. We're, we're going to go to the break right now. We'll be back in a couple seconds. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! You guys are, you show up at the hospital. They're saying they want to give you guys a uh, C-section. You're on all these meds. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, you discover that the, the, the doctors are telling you guys that the, that the twin boys aren't going to come out alive yeah. and basically start dilating. Yeah. What, let's, let's, let's take it from there. So what happens? They're, they're basically uh, they're, they're giving you all these meds and um, birth is happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, like I said, I dilated so quickly and I pushed for how long, like an hour or something. Yeah. It felt like a friggin' eternity. It was about an hour. It felt like forever. Yeah. But um, I gave natural birth to both of them 
on mm-hmm. my own. And, like, people are like, oh, they're so tiny. Like, that's not even hard. Their heads were huge. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. vouch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I gave natural birth to them, which is something I would never take back. Like, I never take that for granted. I'm very, very blessed and lucky that I got to do that. So so when the, when the kids come out, yeah. basically uh, they were they were telling you that they're they're not going to live. Yeah. yeah. So and now, and now they come out and they're they're breathing. Yeah. yeah. So now, what, now what, what? Yeah. So what's so? Uh, let's, let's talk about all that. Yeah. So they were so, they were they were they were crying, mm-hmm. but they couldn't. Um, the doctor said they couldn't breathe, and they didn't want to even help them at this. No. Point. Yeah. They no. said they want to do. Do you want to do comfort care? Yeah. Which so basically, skin to skin, yeah, skin and skin die. until they pass. Um, and not give them NICU or nutrients or nothing. So yeah. they're just kind of just letting them go. And so would you? How'd you guys get them in the NICU? Would you have? have well, to I at first, like you know, because that word sounds good, <laughs> comfort care. You know. Yeah. But I then I, that, I said, "What is yeah. that?" And then they explain, and I said, "No, no, no, no. I want you to do everything possible to help our boys, mm-hmm. like now." So right. then the NICU. I mean, it, I mean the the um, birthing room we were in just went chaotic you know there's probably 30 people in this room mm-hmm. just going get you know going as fast as they could after i said that mm-hmm. it was like a war zone you know i'm weeping we're just like so distraught at this mm-hmm. point right. but then also having so much joy like our boys are here you know yeah. right. so we're taking every second we can so now so they end up moving all you guys to the nicu at this yeah. point mm-hmm. yeah so they okay. move her back to her room because i mean she just gave birth she was right. in yeah. agony and pain so um i made sure she was good and then i, I went up to the nicu with our boys, um, their names are Luca and Caden. Luca and Caden, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and so I'm up there, and they're just, you know, they're stable at this mm-hmm. point, and they have them there, mm-hmm. and it was amazing, you know. And I was just in awe and wonder, you know, just looking at my boys and just like, oh my gosh, I'm a dad, you know. Yeah, it was amazing. And even from then, I was like, every minute was a miracle because they were staying. They're saying to us like, they're not going to be born breathing to yeah. where they're now breathing. And we're just with them at this point, and you know they're moving their hands, and it was it was amazing. It was like they're just worshiping God the whole time, and it was it was incredible. So now going on, we have um, it's been I would say almost half a day now. Okay, you know, like twelve hours, and they're still doing pretty good. Are they on breathing machines? Yeah, they're on breathing machines. Yeah. So they're, they're in the NICU. They're like, in the NICU, yeah, yeah. And, and they're still they're stable. So yeah, we're stable. you know, and. Um, like I said before, we're just fighting with them the whole time, oh. you know, and just like it was like we're fighting death, bro. Mm-hmm. This whole time, this like the spirit of death is coming in. And and we just said, no, we're holding on. We're holding on to hope. We're holding on to God. Well, You got the doctors that are saying they're not going to be breathing. Yeah. Let's abort the kids. Yeah. Then God does a miracle. They come out. Yeah. They're breathing. Now they're in the NICU. Yeah. yeah. Now, again, the, this other doctor comes in, sits oh, us down. Goodness. And this is, you know, after she was OK, she finally got to come up. Um. And then he says, it's, I think it's almost been about 24 hours at this point. And he's basically saying, we need to pull him off life support. So again, it's like the what third the time. Heck so is we're, going on here? So our boys are literally fighting. We call them uh, mighty warriors, our little mighty warriors, because they 100%. literally were fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're with him and we're like, no, like we have told you guys this. We want the best care possible for them. You know, we are not letting go. We're holding on as our duty as parents. We need to do that and protect our children as much as we can and how we see fit. So we made those hard decisions and it was convincing at first. They were trying to throw out all these things and and it was just like we had to hold on. They were making it like we were like child abusers by keeping them alive. Um, They were like, they're in so much pain. How can you do that? You're making 
everything worse and you're only making this decision because you won't be able to live with yourself if you take them off of life support they literally said that just the enemy man and like we were just fighting with it it. was just the i was like i'm sorry but absolutely not i was like how how much of a percent do they have to live and they said three and i said i don't care if they have one percent like you're you're saving them sorry like sorry not sorry we we believe in a god obviously that exactly do anything exactly and like they had already made it past what they claimed they would so i was like obviously god's showing himself so why am i going to give up now like i'm not going to do that it was amazing too because now at this point like as they're stable and we just had so many people come to the hospital i mean family and friends it was just like at one point i I was up for like 48 hours straight at this point i just i couldn't sleep i was just running between my wife making sure she's okay and my boys are okay yeah just back and there was like four levels so i had to go to the elevator each time and i remember just like running through the halls and I was in so much just anxiety and distress that I just oh, kept I singing, imagine. you know, worship songs and just trying to keep my head on straight and just like just telling myself and reading scripture and just like getting in this, you know, this mode of just holding on. You in know, the middle of the kind of craziest thing. situation you've yeah. ever been in your yeah. life, you're just shouting out, reaching out yeah. to God. I'm just re- yeah. Because there's nothing else you can yeah. do at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. You know, it's like the maker of heaven and earth. And it, remind, it reminds me of, uh, you know, when, when Jesus um, was walking on water and, and mm-hmm. Peter came out walking to him and there was like this, yeah. this huge violent storm yeah. and, Jesus, and mm-hmm. Peter came walk, walking on him to water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he started seeing the waves and the wind and oh, the storm yeah. and he got his, his eyes off of Jesus and he just mm-hmm. started sinking. Yeah. yeah. And um, but what's so awesome I love about that story is when he was sinking in the middle of the storm, he was about to drown, just called out to Jesus and just mm-hmm. said, save me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was just talking to Absolutely. God. He was praying. He was talking to God. And, yeah. and that's exactly what you're doing in this illustration, mm-hmm. in this story. You I have to keep that. your eyes on, yeah. on his eyes, really. Yeah. You have to look into the eyes of love and the eyes of Jesus when you're going through these things. Because it's so easy just to get sidetracked, mm-hmm. you know, and just fall, lose faith. I mean, I had no faith. I'm going to be completely honest with yeah. you. Like, I was trying, I was fishing for faith yeah. at that moment. I felt so much heartache. So I remember at this now, you know, going into this moment, I want to get to this moment. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> we only have like 20 more minutes, so, but um, I remember now it's been about uh, 33 hours and we get this call. I'm, I'm, now with my wife at this point, we had friends come visiting us. We're and still us in the gifts. hospital. Yeah, we're, we're in the hospital at this time. And we get this call from the NICU saying, you need to come up immediately. Um, it's not looking good for Luca. So I just, we had friends there. I just, I said, we need to go. I grab my wife, get her in a wheelchair, and we run as fast as we humanly can. And we get up there and uh, they said, yeah, he, he's, he's going to go. Um, he's losing, you know, his, his lung capacity, his heart rate's going down. So, um, do you want to hold him? I said, absolutely. And we're weeping at this time and it's been 33 hours for Luca and he's now in our arms as he's giving his last breath. The first time to hold him. Yeah, this is the first time we get to hold him and he's still breathing in our arms, you know? And I remember, um, sorry, (laughs) as he gave his last breath i just remember singing out how he loves us <laughs> and just singing he loves us oh how and just that's all i knew what to do in that moment and i felt this the most insane presence of god just sweep over both of us as we we're huddling around our son as he gave his last breath and it was the most insane overwhelming love <laughs> i can't even describe it 
And <clears throat> at this point, it's like we're now holding our son. And I, I felt even just like the father who created his son, who is my son, Luca, who formed him, right, in his mother's womb. And I've, I just felt him wrap around us and then just receive him. You know, and I felt like at that moment, man, I wanted to be so bitter. I wanted to be so ripped off. I wanted to hate God with all that I was like, here I am as someone that ministers and and does worship and grew up in the church my whole life and been faithful. And then this happens to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and so many people do this where they want to just hate God and say, well, why did, why weren't you there? But he was there. That was the thing, Ryan. Like I felt God there at that moment more than I ever have in my whole life. And it was insane, bro. It was, it was amazing just to feel that. And at that moment, it's like I couldn't hate him. Mm-hmm. As much as I felt like I needed to hate him mm-hmm. and like how could you do this, all I felt was this love. And I knew at that moment he was so good. He was such a good God, you know. And it's just like it's just crazy. And it, it's, it had nothing to do with, you know, that he caused this, you know, because he didn't. He created us, you mm-hmm. know. He created our boys. And we're so happy for that. Like, do we want more time with them? Obviously, yeah. Yeah. But it was it was just a holy moment. That's all I could explain. Like, I remember just even as I'm singing out that song, the whole NICU, there's probably like 20 people in there. And they're just huddled around us. Just like... Just people that are in there. Just in there. Yeah, just the, just the nurses. Strangers. And we're sitting here worshiping with our son who just passed. And they just bow their heads so. as this is happening. A little dude, random. That is so heavy. Oh, dude. <clears throat> I'm all I... choked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with this, with both of them, actually, with both the boys, um, this is going to sound crazy. I know it's going to sound like a lie. But when he, like, we literally felt him go from warm to cold when mm. he went. And when he got cold, this like overwhelming like sweet aroma filled the entire NICU and him like he just was radiating this sweet like citrusy smell so weird and I was like did you guys like spray him or put something in the incubator like what is that and they asked me the same question like are you wearing a perfume and I was like no what is that and it was so overwhelming and powerful my clothes smelled like it I still have their clothes that they were wearing when it happened and their clothes still smell like it. Same thing happened with Caden. And all I could think of was like the aroma of heaven Mm -hmm. and like how there's like a sweet aroma. And it's just so weird that when they both went to heaven, they both had that smell. It's so trippy. Oh man, that is heavy. It was insane. (laughs) Um, So... Now here, yeah, sorry, we got to put my head back no, together. Go, 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 I just, go, dude, go you know what? I, I my story's not anything close to this. We were in the in the NICU, but I know, like, I'm having flashbacks of the NICU of that whole environment. Yeah, yeah. and I could just only it's imagine chaotic of just this and what happened with you. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you're at a place, and you, you can't get bitter at God. God's presence showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you have every right to be just angry. Yeah, yeah. and yet. You're just like, what, what, like, what's going on in your head now? Like, here you are. You're like, like, what do you, what, what happens next? I was messed up, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that moment, it was like, it just, it didn't make sense. Like, the most painful thing that I believe can happen to you happened to us, mm-hmm. and it was just like all I felt at that moment was his love and peace and his presence, and like, it, it was so, like, overwhelming that I just had to surrender to it. 
And I was like, okay. And I had like this hope, even though it's like we had, we still have another son, yes. you know, that's still doing okay and stable. So it's like, we're now grieving the loss of our, of Luca. And it's like, now we're just kind of diverted our attention and, and gave it to Caden like okay and started praying and mm-hmm. I mean it went viral everyone's saying pray prayers for Caden and it was just like going all over like it um, reached like Italy and England it reached everyone Germany like place. there's people yeah. like from just all over the nations that were now like messaging us and saying like we're praying for you like atheists, even an atheist yeah, yeah. atheist atheists saying that, I don't like, believe in God but I'm praying for you yeah <laughs> they literally were like we fell to our knees in prayer and like fell I've been an knees, atheist my whole atheist, life fell to their knees praying to God so crazy and like to think like our I don't know is our sons that this is what God. I want to do do it I want to talk about you know how um the last son yeah. Yeah. how 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 yeah. God worked in that situation yeah. but yeah. then I want you to speak to the listeners Absolutely. on what yeah how God got you through this time, yeah. where you're at now, what's going on with you, yeah. and just to speak hope. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, yeah, take me there. So with Caden, um, we ended up, this was like the worst. We ended up being discharged from the hospital, and I literally begged them to keep me there because I just I didn't want to leave Caden. I was like, I can't go away from him when he's in critical condition, mm. when we just lost Luca. Right. That's just not. That sucks. And I'm still in bad condition. So, like, just keep me here. (laughs) Um, But they ended up discharging me because other people needed the rooms. And um, it's a super busy hospital. And that was put on us. Like, we just wanted to go, like, stay in a luxurious hotel and, like, just chill. And we didn't care about Caden. It sucked. People are very mean (laughs) so we ended up staying at the closest hotel humanly possible which was like a mile away but in LA that takes like 15 minutes to get anywhere even if it's only a mile so we go to this hotel just like freaking out the whole time just worried we didn't want to leave Caden we kept going to see him and staying with him um as much as humanly possible all throughout the night and then we go to go to bed um it's like three in the morning and we get a call from the head NICU nurse and we knew instantly. Um, she just was like, Caden's heart for absolutely no reason is failing and we don't know why. Everything else is perfect on him. His lungs are perfect. Like everything is good. His heart was healthy. His brain was healthy. No brain damage or anything. But for no reason, his heart started failing. Um, so they were like, you should come down to see him in case he goes and so um, we, like, hustled as fast as we could, but it took us a while to get there because it was L.A. And um, by the time we had gotten there, he was already gone. Um, so we didn't get to be with him, which sucked. <laughs> um, sorry. So um, we didn't get to be with him, which, like, as a parent, that just feels awful to know he passed away on his own and basically they said like the only explanation that they had for him passing away which is like mind-blowing um they said the only real explanation is because Luco is not there anymore that his he just like went into shock and like literally passed away of a broken heart because his brother wasn't there because they were so close because of being identical Mm. So he was totally healthy. He was really small and premature, but they, they really thought he was going to live and be okay. So it was like out of the blue. Um, so, yeah, they just were like, the only explanation we have is that he, like, had a heartbreak. Yeah. 
<sighs> Sorry. No, it's crazy because at this time, like, um, there's like you said, there's so many prayers going out, and then even that that same doctor that was telling us to yeah. pull the plug yeah. came in and said, "Wow, he's looking really good." Yeah. You know, and and they were starting to have hope. It was weird, man. It was. I just have like, a video proof of them it, saying, "Like he's gonna make it. He's gonna be good." Yeah, yeah. And, and it was like the whole like this whole experience was so insane to see even like the the nurses and the doctors looking at us because like, they're saying they're saying one thing and then you guys are like we believe in god yeah, yeah we god, believe in so something god just demonstrates else. the miracles yeah so they're so, seeing this and we're just like they see us how we're just even how we're dealing with grief and how we're like yeah. the testimony yeah and they're just like who you know how are they still they're worshiping their god they're like this makes no sense people are coming from all over and praying for them like they just saw so much love because yeah. we just loved them so much like all we wanted to do was just sit there and love on them like I remember just, I mean, we would sing over them and they would just be like yeah. flailing their arms around. So, it's so amazing. So we when, have, I'm going to give you a heads up. We have about seven minutes left. Okay. okay. So, so go I was just going to say with Cade, when he, when we had arrived, um, the head nurse, she actually saved Jimmy Kimmel's son. If you know who Jimmy Kimmel is. No, I don't. No. no. Oh, okay. I was like, really? <laughs> um, she actually saved his son because he was born prematurely as well. Okay. Um, That's awesome. And she's the same nurse for us, and we still like love her and talk to her, and Amazing. she's like one of my heroes. So she fought her butt off for yeah. the boys. So she came in with Caden um, after he was gone, and she sat with us and mm. wept with us and yeah. prayed, with us. prayed with us. And she worshipped with us, which is crazy. Like, that's, a, I think, against the law <laughs> for people in that industry. But she literally sat with us in the room and, like, just was loving us and hugging us. Mm. And she, like, she just always keeps up with us. And she, she like, saved, she gave us the time that we got to have with them. And, like, I wouldn't take that back for the world. People always ask, like, if you could change it, would you because of how painful it was? Heck no. Like, I would do that a thousand times over again, even just to have one second with them. Like, they're my baby boys. They're my everything. And, like, they're a part of me and always will be. But it's just crazy. So I got a question for you. Man, there's just so much to talk about I know. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, this, this is, like, this is definitely one of the heaviest shows I've ever done, I think. 100% 100% it is there's so much to talk about I wish I had more time but oh, what good. what would you have to say um, what would you have to say to anyone that's going through anything just something crazy um, in life? I would say that's each one okay. we'll start with whoever first okay. doesn't matter you know there's so much to say but um, you know Hebrews 619 says this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. And that hope is Jesus. <laughs> so that's what separates us from those who have hope and that don't, is when you believe in Jesus, you have hope because you have heaven. And that was something that, just like that moment I was telling you about, like I felt so much hope because I knew that, I knew where they're going to be, yeah. you know, and I knew that they're in the arms of someone that could love them more than I ever could, the Father. And... I would just encourage people, don't lose hope. Put your hope in Jesus. It's it's the anchor. It's Is it easy all the time? Absolutely not. It is so hard. It's been almost three years, and every single day I, I have such a hard time, and I have to remind myself, you know, and I have to just speak hope over myself, just like it, as David did in the caves, you know, like soul, you know, hope in God, trust in God. Um, but there is hope, you know, and we serve such a good God. And... Um, 
Yeah, and I, even this verse, Proverbs fourteen twenty seven, says to worship God in wonder and awe opens a fountain of life within you, empowering you to escape death's domain. Mm-hmm. And that's in the Passions translation, and it's so true. Like one thing that's helped both of us and saved me is just to worship Him. Mm-hmm. It's it's created this fountain of life in me because something that God even showed me at that time, um, especially being a worship leader, yeah. was in, or anyone in ministry is like, how do you go back to that? Mm-hmm. How do you minister hope when you feel so, you know, distraught? And I remember the Lord revealed to me. He said, when you worship, Michael, you're doing exactly what your boys are doing. Mm-hmm. And I even just saw this picture Dang. of two mm-hmm. boys just worshiping at the feet of Jesus, dude, and. And now it just put on a whole new that meaning. Is so sick, man. Yeah, bro. And and at that moment, Ugh. it was just like, <laughs> okay, I can worship you for the rest of my life because that's what my boys are doing, and they're doing it way better than I am. <laughs> so. And you also have uh, you have tattoos. You both have yeah. tattoos yeah. of their hands and their feet yes. on your hands. Yes. Yeah, we're yep on both hands. Yep. Yeah. Mine are the for the video. Are on my people feet. are watching. They're gonna watch oh, yeah. this video later on. Yeah. They, they'll be able to see him. <laughs> So, so I, you, yeah, we have a, we have a couple yeah. more minutes. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go fast. No, no, it's fine. Sorry, babe, you no, go for good. it. No, no, you're good. <laughs> so we got another three minutes. Say, with my tattoos, I have it on my hands and my feet, so it's like they're always walking with me and always in my hands. Like I'm holding their hands while I walk through life, and they're always with me. Um, so basically, what I would say to anyone is, don't give up. And mm. like I know that yeah. sounds, oh, I don't want to cry. Gosh darn it. <laughs> um. I struggled so much with wanting to give up. Um, I literally would just be like, God, just let me die. Like, so I can just be in heaven with you and with the boys. Um, I literally just wanted to give up every day. But he showed me, like, how real he is and how good he is. And he showed me, I would have dreams about the boys all the time and just, like, see them so happy running through a park. It's always the dream I have is just them, like, going down slides. Um in heaven just like having a ball and be like no mom you're not done yet like you got to do a little bit more on earth before you can come see us so sorry just don't give up and don't let the enemy creep in and say lies to you that you're not worthy or if you had a loss or something like that you need to know it's not your fault Hmm. it wasn't your body that caused it I know you can probably blame yourself, but it's not your fault. Um, And just, yeah, just don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't believe deception and know that you're loved and you're beautiful and you're powerful and you're important and your life has worth. Even if you don't always feel like it, your life has so much worth and you're so important and valued and like you're here for a reason. So Mm. just don't, don't give up. Just keep fighting. I know it's hard as heck, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you. I promise you there is. I guess that's what I would say. Well, that was well said. That was amazing. By both of you guys. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, just I wanted... married up. Yes. Up. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> See? You're the best. Thanks. Hey, seriously, you guys are amazing. I don't think I've ever cried so much on a, on a show. I'm sorry. Am I? No, this, but. God has, you guys, you guys know, we all know that God is amazing. So amazing. And he's, he's in the details and he's going to continue to work in your life and through you. It's been three years since this happened. You guys are young and um, we're going to pray that Lord, I just pray right now 
for uh, Amanda and Michael in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will, Lord, that you will give them kids, God, that you will just give them whatever kids that you want, whatever uh, plans you have for them, God. I pray that you will bring it to pass, God. And anything that's going on in Amanda's body, I pray that you will just heal her in the name yeah. of Jesus Christ with everyone Jesus. listening right now will agree in the name of Jesus for healing power to go out and that, God, that you will bring kids in your timing, Lord. Yes. We ask for your will to be done as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for being on the show. I love you guys. Thanks for having us. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.